Hey y'all, welcome back to Young Scripted in Black. I'm Maya. I'm Dana. I'm Tiana. And I'm Quinn. This week, we have a Spike Lee joint, Crooklyn. Before we get into the movie, let's head over to Quinn for our Black History Fact. Hello guys, and welcome back to Young Scripted in Black. Um, This week, our Black History Fact will be on Harriet E. Wilson. So when speaking about African-American, the first African-American novelist to be published in the United States, many incorrectly claim it as William Wells Brown and his novel Clotel, also known as The President's Daughter in 1853. Wells is considered the first African-American to write a novel, but his book was published in the UK. The first novel published by an African-American in this country was Sketches from the Life of a Free Black in our two-story White House North showing that slavery's shadows fall even there by our nig, also known as Our Nig, by Harriet E. Wilson in 1859. Our Nig illustrates injustices of the indentured servitude system of the antebellum North. The book fell into obscurity soon after it was published, only rediscovered in 1982. More recently, The Curse of the Cast, also known as The Slave Bride by Julius C. Collins, is also noteworthy. Some say Collins' 1865 book is the first fully functional novel published by an African-American. Wilson's novel is somewhat autobiographical. One thing is for certain, the first novel published in this country by an African-American was done so by a woman, and there's that. So now, Dana, how did this movie stack up with our criteria? Thanks, Quinn. So as you know, the movie must meet two out of the three of our criteria. Either it's a Black cast or Black lead, Black script or a Black screenwriter or a Black director. This movie, Crooklyn, meets all three. Thank you, Dana. So as we mentioned, this is a Spike Lee joint. So he directed Crooklyn. Um, He also did the screenplay along with his siblings, Joy Lee and Sink Lee. This movie was starring Alfred Woodard, Delroy Lindo, Spike Lee, and Zelda Harris. Um, I also just wanted to point out that the music was done by Terrence Blanchard, and we had cinematography by Arthur Jaffa. So we had just uh, a movie stacked of black excellence um, when creating this film. So let's go on over to Tiana for the meat of the movie. All right, so Crooklyn follows a young girl, Troy Carmichael, played by Zelda Harris, um, coming of age in Brooklyn. Troy's father, Willie Carmichael, is a struggling musician played by Delroy Lindo, and her mom, Carolyn Carmichael, played by Alfred Woodard, is a teacher who is struggling to make ends meet for the family. Troy is a lone girl in her large family of four brothers. Um, They include Clinton, Wendell, Nate, and Joseph, played by Carlton Williams, Sharif Rashid, Christopher Knowings, and Samot Washington. Apologies if I mispronounced your name. For the summer, Troy is forced to visit her aunt Song, played by Frances Foster, and Uncle Sam, played by Norman Matlock in the South, Troy eventually enjoys her time down south and the bond she creates with her cousin Viola, played by Patrice Nelson. When Troy returns to bedside, her mom has taken ill and ends up passing away shortly after. This film also has some cameos from 
Spike Lee, who plays Snuffy, um, just a neighborhood guy who is you know, addic addicted to drugs. Um, you have Isaiah Washington, who plays Vic, who stays in the family's um, home. And you have RuPaul, who plays like a bo bodega woman. Um, you also have a cameo from Lee, who is Spike's sister, who the movie, I believe, is like loosely based on. Um, her life so she plays Aunt Maxine. You also have a cameo from Bo King Woodbine, Tracy Villar, and Omar Scroggins who recently was in power. Um, so that wraps up that part. Let's get into um, our question. So was this you guys' first time watching this film? And if not, um, when was the last time you've seen it? Uh, we'll start with, well, I'll start myself. This is my second time watching this film. My first time watching it was toward the beginning of quarantine. Um, we'll go to Dana next. Wow, okay. Um, so this was my second time seeing the film and the first time I saw it was probably 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. So it might as well have been my first time seeing it. Hey, Maya. This was my first time seeing the film. Yay, Quinn. This was not my first time. I've seen it multiple times. Actually put Tiana on. Um, but I don't think it's fair to judge Maya since Tiana just watched it for the first time a few months ago. Um, I agree. I just, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was very confused at um, you just saying that you just watched it at the beginning of quarantine because I was under the impression that this was under your belt, you know, decades ago. So I just want to put that out there. No, so here's she the just bought here. that belt, sis. When, when and my younger sibling, they brought this movie. Because I was like, you know, I feel like I need to try and watch all of um, Spike Lee's films. And I was like, well, what did they, I asked both of them um, which films were their favorite. And they both had Crooklyn on the list. And I was like, oh, okay, well then let me watch. So that's how I came out. And, you know, I just want to say, everyone gets judged on this podcast. So you had that, it was a quick, it wasn't even that intense, that little, you know, that little judgment I gave you just then. Things have been worse for everyone. So let's continue. Um, we will move into our pros for this film. Let's start with Maya. Great. So I had um, quite a few, well, actually not quite a few um, pros, but I can just, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it was so, um, I don't know. I, I felt things throughout the movie and I was, um, I, I didn't say, I'm going to say I was presently surprised. I did think that it was going to be a good movie. I just didn't know it would evoke um, some emotions that it did for me. Um, so I will say again, us and soundtracks we don't really miss um when the when the intro started i was like oh this is already going to be a fire soundtrack uh, i was like that's one of my favorite songs actually um and i also enjoyed the intro for the simple times of playing outside and the games i recognized almost every game every like um you know, uh, what are hand games? We used to play those all the time. Yeah, Shame and uh, Sly Baby. 
um, jump roping, hopscotch, literally everything. Um, I was, I was like smiling during that whole scene. Um, I put that, uh, the neighbor, Tony eyes. He actually reminds me of, have you guys heard of Mark Ribolet or Ribolet, something like that, but he has some videos with Erica Badu. He's kind of like this musical guy. He does kind of just like super like alternative kind of instrumentation kind of music, but he reminded me of him. Um, also the roast scenes with the kids, um, like slurs uh, aside, like just the, the your mamas and all that, just it felt very authentic. It was very believable for me. I really enjoyed those. So that was actually one of my pros too, was how the kids could really roast some people. Like they could drag some people with a quickness and so young. So that was one of my pros. I'm just like, I know for a fact, I'm not good at it. When it comes and I have that one, one, two hitter, I'm excited because it just, Flew, like it just flew off my tongue but it don't happen it never happens okay mm -hmm. it's very rare so I was impressed by the kids and how easily they could just rope and like you said it was natural I don't know in like that kind of environment I feel like you get really good at roasting and like I did not grow up in that environment and I'm not a quick quick um on my feet for roast i need time to deliberate to come back with a drag you know i have to go and you know i do think um like just people i know that grew up in chicago they're like really good at you know just quick roasts and like i'm not good at that and i never try to get myself in those type of situations where i'm get roasted <laughs> yeah it makes me think about like even like to this day when I have arguments and my, I think, yeah, like, I think you're about the same, like I, my counter to things, like the best ones that I have, they don't come until we've ended up, I've ended up the discussion. And then <laughs> I feel like it's my duty to circle back yes. another day to let you know that don't think I just let whatever you said slide by. I just need to process it fully. Um, but yeah, I just love like, how, I don't know, you know, back in, they say that that's type of stuff built, built character for kids, mm -hmm. like in roasting <laughs> stuff, which um, <clears throat> probably for certain types, maybe it did, you know, others might have been the reason why certain people are in um, therapy, but you know, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Um, I do like the fact that, you know, with, um, like even with the siblings, like, <clears throat> excuse me, you can, we're going to talk about each other, but you will not talk about my sibling or my friend like in front of me. Now what we do is one thing, but you, you know, you don't have no place in this doing it. I, I respect that. Yes, love that. I mean, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. Um, I think I told Tiana, I think it's like one thing about growing up in a, like an urban or a hood adjacent or hood environment. It's something That's about- where I was you. going. Yeah. <laughs> <I just laughs> I knew you didn't want to say it, but as a survivor of the hood, I can speak on her. Um, <laughs> like, it, it, it's just, we used to do that stuff out in the street for fun. Like, Tiana did not know that I was, like, I had ever been in a fight in my life. Because I was asking, I was like, you ever been in a fight? She was like, no. She was like, you been in a fight? I was like, girl, <laughs> who are you talking to? It, it's the life that we lived. But, um, like, I am one to give you an Electra abundance or Electra, um, um, 
<laughs> will give you an Electra Reed or give you old nasty Nene Leakes, Phaedra Parks break. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Shout out to Electra, one of my faves in the Reed category. But I love it. Um, I, I need to get back outside of quarantine to get my skills back up to par. I haven't had much time mm-hmm. to read anybody other than my brothers, and that doesn't count. So, and your Facebook counterparts. Oh yeah, um, my friends. <laughs> I love. I hate my loves. Um, I will. I, I got that from Nini. Um, not Nini. Um, I got that from our good sis Nikki Monique. Parker, aka Monique. Um, she. I, you all. You always want to start with something positive, and then give them the one to punch, <laughs> and then end it positive by saying, "I love us for real." <laughs> Yes, a true read template. I love to see it. Um, okay, other pros for me. Um, the mother and daughter scenes felt very tender. They were so sweet to me. And that was one of the, like, um, every scene, they were, like, really, it really touched my spirit. I also appreciated the scene where the lights were out and Isaiah Washington's character was like, you know, I'm not paying rent where there's no light. And that's on period, you know what I'm saying? Like, if my rent, if my place where I stay is not up to par, I'm not paying it. Not in, not in full. So I like that. Just as I've gotten older and I kind of saw it from more of like a, if I had kids situation, I was like, it's really nice, I imagine, to be able to send your kids with some relatives. Um <laughs> Tiana looks triggered. Um, also like the scene um, where they would all watch TV together. And one of my favorites was um, when they were watching Soul Train before they received the, you know, horrible news of their mother passing. Also, my heart smiled when Clinton held Choi's hand at the funeral. Um, and then they went in um she did what her mother told her as far as taking up for her brother or watching out for her brother. So went after Snuffy and them. That was so cute to me. Um, also, just Troy was such a smart little girl and um, very, I, I liked her analysis of pain with her mom. Like, you know, she was in pain. And, you know, she's not in pain anymore. So, like, she's, like, super smart. And I just love seeing smart black girls on TV. Um, And those are my pros. All right. Let's move on to Dana. Okay. So, I had a few pros. Um, The first pro I had was the depiction of a family unit meal. Um, I always like to see even those small little details of, hey, we are a family. This is what we do. It's what we do every single day, every single night. So, because a lot of the movie, I think that I always struggle with. I, I say it like I watch this movie all the time. But what I remember last time I watched this movie 20 years ago was the fact that the movie had a lot of arguing, right? Like right at the beginning, it's just arguing, arguing, arguing. And this is almost like a break from that arguing to see a family come together, sit down, have a meal. So just just love seeing that. Um, I was triggered and I thought it was a pro because I'm like, ooh, at least it wasn't just me. Um, seeing the little girl stuff her bra and just kept waiting for her boobs to come in because um, I remember those days. Those were, those were rough times for us. 
girls that took a little bit longer to develop. And then once we were developed, they just, yeah, they, they're there now. Um, and then the mom and dad in this family, their relationship and their roles in the relationship and their characters overall was very believable. Like this is probably one of the best I've seen from a couple, a parent movie togetherness I've ever seen. So I really enjoy seeing their fights, their, you know, just how they parent. Um, and they, they just had great relationship, great chemistry on screen and just great chemistry with the kids that were playing in these roles. And then finally, my last one, which my friends should know this one was a highlight of mine, was um, the mother's moo. She forever wore moo-moos. And I loved it. I love, my friends will tell you, I gifted them moo-moos, okay? Because I love a good moo Dana is right. Um, Dana actually put me on the moo lifestyle. Um, I didn't know before what a, what a vibe it was and so freeing. Um, and I do currently still have my purple moo Shout out to you. Shout out to you. It's a mood. It's a vibe. If y'all don't have a moo get you one. And that's all I have. All right. And yeah, I'll also um, second that. I too have a couple of moo from Dana. So shout out to that and her. Um, all right. We'll move on to Quinn now. Yes. Um, my first pro um, has to go with I love Alfred. I wrote that on the on my sheet. Um, she's not as high as Loretta and Jennifer on my list, but she's not low either. Um, I ride with Alfred Woodard. Um, I even watched her couple of shows that only lasted a season. Um, you know, that show with um old girl from with Izzy from um Grey's Anatomy. It only lasted literally a season. Um this movie also brought back a memory. Um, I don't want to shame any of my friends, but when Troy peed in that corner, um, it took me down, okay? It took me down. <laughs> Woo! Wow. <laughs> I also said that, um, you know, Spike Lee was clearly the blueprint for um, a lot of people. He was clearly the Tyler Perry before Tyler Perry thought he was Tyler Perrying. Um, but like Spike Lee did it in a better way because it was like Spike Lee, he gave people, he put people on. I, we can't take that away. Um, Tyler Perry put a lot of people on. Spike Lee put people on, created a lot of careers. Um, it's just like, like I love seeing his sister in the movies because it's like, this is my family. She's going to continue to be here and deal with it. Um, I never paid any mind that old boy that was sniffing glue with Spike Lee only had one hand. I was like, look at the diversity. I love that. I love to see it. You know, we not give everybody a job. He, he, anybody can be out here on this screen. Your acting skills ain't got nothing to do with your body, okay? <laughs> I love that. The thick glasses. Some people would count this as a, a con, but that neighbor with them thick-ass glasses, that was a pro for me because I deserve that laugh at how thick them glasses were. I love to see Dr. Burke on screen, a.k.a. Vic, um, even though... <laughs> He's a, a person that's a little questionable in, in, in life right now. Trash. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> let's, he, maybe when he was playing Vic, he wasn't the same. 
he seemed to have had like a little comeback. You know, he's on that star show. You know, I don't know. I mean, seems like the girls are giving him a second chance these days. Mm. Honestly, I was surprised he was on P-Valley because of his just overt Trump supporting. But, um, you know, because P-Valley is not really a show I would put on for like homophobes. So um, which I feel like is part of the Trump you know, that's just a piece of it. But yeah, but go ahead. I would, I would say to that too, though, I think he is such a good actor. Like, and he's probably low on cost right now because of his lack of work. It probably just all worked itself out. Yeah, I could see that. Well, you know, um, getting back to that roasting, I forgot to give these one, two punches that I wrote down with a couple of quotes. That I, that I thought deserved to hit the screen. Um, when Troy read that boy for filth, she gave me pre-Electra abundance, um, pre-Electra evangelista, pre-Electra um, wind tour. When she told that boy, so how many times you got left back? So your mama's a hoe. I was taken. Because... <laughs> First of all, apparently I didn't realize just how much she read that man until he repeated what she said to her mother. I said, my God, the kids are out of control. Like, I just felt so bad. It's like, oh, she didn't have to hit on his three times hell back. Oh, she didn't have to hit on his, what does his mother's doings have to do with him? It was just so many things. And then, you know, as a child, like she brought up, that's why you're on welfare. Um, but since you was out here taking folks food stamps, getting them stole from the stove. So it was just too much for me. I, I love that. I also enjoy, you know, usually when they portray people from the South or people who are from like the Northeast or Midwest or people who think they're from a city, um, they like to portray people from the South as dumb and slow. I love to see that they portray these people from the South as sedity and uppity because <laughs> that's what I see a lot of. And that's on facts. <laughs> um, Queenie! <laughs> love it. When that dog popped out of that couch, I cackled. <laughs> that was really funny. I cackled because everybody hated the dog but her. Um, I, so the daughter did it, right? I think either Troy or the daughter did it, but because it might have been Troy because Troy went home literally right after that dog popped out of the couch. <laughs> I just was looking at how Viola was looking at that dog when it popped out. I was like, oh, child, she got that look in her eye like she said, mm. Good. Um, I also wrote there that I felt Troy. I don't want to go stay with nobody either. Troy, I feel you. Um, I have a star here for um I just believe that you can like like watching the movie again, it gave me pieces that I never really paid attention to. I think Alfred like knew she was sick the entire time and it was kind of like she was planning for it. Like she didn't know she was as sick as she was, but I think you know, like people always say people know something's up. And it was kind of like she was the whole time, like, kind of like trying to plan and make things better, even though it didn't seem like it when all this shit was popping off. I also have a heart for I'm crying, fuck cancel. And when old boy grabbed her hand, you know, y'all know I'm not the emotional friend. It, it brought a couple of tears to my eyes because I was like, look at this brotherly, sisterly love. You know, ooh, I, was, I was so sad about it. Ooh. Also, shout out to the Boston Baked Beans. Because um, I don't know if y'all know about that. Y'all might be a little young. But I used to stay on a Boston baked bean 
when I was younger because I thought I was doing something because I was eating peanuts. So it was it was a little healthier than regular candy, even though it still had candy on the peanut. Um, and also the other one line is like the aunt when she was like, shit, my mouth wide open. Sis, wet? <laughs> That's where? <laughs> like, where'd you even get that from? And back to my, like, that people make the world go round. That is a song, a song, a song. The lyrics mean something, okay? A tune. People need to listen to them lyrics there, okay? Spike Lee's sister, when she came and got Troy and they were walking in the hospital, them stockings, I'm going to give them two a pro, even though they really can be a con. The fashionable choices, like just like that dress that Troy had on for the funeral. It was a no for me, but um, but yeah, that's really it for me. That's it. All right, and I guess it's my turn. Um, I just put, you know, I felt like Troy was phenomenal. Like Zelda Harris, they don't make the kids acting like that, like like they used to. I mean, she really, she was just like perfect in every scene to me. Um, I also put, was still wearing Lindo a little like snacky looking dad, or have I been in quarantine too long? Like, I felt like he was he was handsome. Very handsome. I think I still think he's handsome. Yeah. I, I was about to say he was handsome, and you know he, he is. Thin. He is sorry. He is <laughs> handsome. He was you know fit, thin. Like he he was a snack. Yeah, and I'll give you that because um, during quarantine, people are saying that um, Ray um, Campbell was a snack. So we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> also William from Girlfriends. I saw that going around. That yeah. William was a snack, and I said, Same "Somebody yeah. said, somebody was like, Doctor Fauci, please help us." <laughs> so that's why I know you know people have kind of been a little fucked up mentally right now, which is fair. So I just wanted to you know make sure I wasn't crazy. You know, I wanted to make sure I wasn't on that train with the kids. Um, uh, also. I just put, you know, shout out to black people, specifically like black kids enjoying the summertime, you know, at a place like Bedside. I mean, probably not as black as it was like now. It's probably not as black as it was, but like they just seemed like they were having the time of their life. Um, I don't know, like in Spike Lee stuff, he just to me, it's like he just creates like a community. I can't explain it. It's like something you want to be a part of, um, like in all of his films. Um, also, shit said, you know, black eyed peas, a top tier pea in my opinion. And I don't know what was going on with the kids. Yes, Tiana. I actually had that as a con. I put black eyed pea slander unacceptable because that is a pea. And don't let um don't let Miss Pearl get on no no black eyed peas and no butter beans now. Mama Ooh. beans, all of the beans. Um but yeah I was like wow oh boy threw up really from black eyed peas? Hmm. I felt every single piece of him when he didn't want to eat them wow. peas because the black eyed pea looks disgusting tastes disgusting chalky chalk Incorrect. chalk chalk but queen you're not a you're not a pea fan not a black eyed pea but i'll eat a um i'll eat a butter bean um i mean m- most peas are a no for me um i don't know any other peas to even use do, do you even like do you like do you like a field pea do you a like a baked pea? bean no like you don't like the bean or pea family. Most legumes are no for me. <laughs> um, so I felt him when he didn't want to eat them black eyed peas. Um, that's why something like it's a con for me. But like my mom and them knew, don't put this stuff on my plate. Otherwise, it's gonna be an issue about me getting up from this table. You don't want to sit here, and neither do I. So just don't put it on there. Yeah. Um, 
I also like a fealty. I don't even know if that's their like real name. That's just something that we would eat in this South Georgia really good. Another thing, like Maya, you said you enjoyed the scene with Troy and her mother her mother. I specifically like the scene where um this was after like the big fight between her mom and dad and then he came back the next morning they were sitting on the stoop that really like touched my heart like that whole it was i don't know it just really warmed my um little heart and then to follow that the scene right after with her in the bed with her mom ugh, i just love that um you know so also this film when it got to like her being in the south you know I was just a little nostalgic for you know growing up in the south I mean you know you just have all the the yard space the fun you know it is a little hot there are gnats and things but like it, it can be fun you know after you're forced to go there it can be fun so those are my pros um let's get into the cons and we will start with Quinn oh wow thank you um <clears throat> My first con, faggot, um, took me under. You said it so many times. And I was like, dang, I understand. But it's like, it just didn't help. It didn't hold up to now. Then, it, it was wrong then. But like, it's like now in our minds, it's like, dang, you really showed your head. <laughs> and they just kept calling that man that. And I was like, oh my God, Dana. Yeah, that was one of my cons, too. I was just like, this use of this word repeatedly. Like, I understand, again, during that time, that's just something normal to say. Doesn't make it okay. And like you said, it didn't age well. Um, Yeah, my exact little note I made, I was just like, woo, the slurs. Like, there were so many. Like, not just that one, too. Like, you know, they hit on every community's slurs, you know, um, the Asians, the um everybody and then also you know the hard er's you know even when they were talking to each <laughs> to each other i feel like in that time too when they were like talking to their siblings and they were like not in a way that we like oh nigga please it was just really like a nigger you know like really it's like oh man <laughs> like hard er no but literally every time they said it to each other um, you, they knew it was wrong because they were doing it to make sure the man, they're like, Mama, Trish is coming. No, but when that Puerto Rican man, when he, when he said like, like it was like Chinese PR chink, y'all showed out. And then when they called him a chocolate nigger, what? Is, is that a comment? I mean, is that a compliment and a um, drag at the same time? What, what are you, cause chocolate is a compliment for me, but hmm. I also put, see, this eat the peas. I wrote that exact phrase, this eat the peas is taking me. Um, I felt a little triggered. Um, but like I said, my mom and them knew. But when we went places, and I'd be my grandma, my godmom. My godmom is my grandma's age, so she's older. She used to act like she did not know I didn't eat stuff. It would put it on my plate. And then be mad when I'm like, I'm not going to eat this. Because you're going to be embarrassed. Because if we out and about. Don't order, don't go up there to that um, buffet and put this on my plate because I'm not going to eat it. You're going to feel embarrassed. And we all going to be embarrassed because I'm going to get a whooping for sitting there looking crazy. And you're going to be embarrassed because you had to whoop me. And I'm crying now. And I'm still not going to eat it. But um, when that auntie said, you can't be this tender-headed with all these naps, sister girl. Now you talking all this trash and Viola got the same texture that Troy got. Talking about her hair is good hair. I cannot stand that phrase. As a tender-headed sister myself, I cannot stand that phrase. Nobody 
asked me if I wanted to be tender-headed or if I wanted all this hair. So how dare you ask somebody, oh, you can't be tender-headed with a head like this. What's that got to do with anything? I am, sis, so be gentle. I was triggered. Yeah, um, on upon this rewatch, as I was watching, I said, I, that is exactly what I said, Quinn. They have the same hair texture, girl. What are you talking about? Like, and literally, even though she was, I guess she put a hot comb and a little bump in that girl and Viola's bang, um, essentially, even with that, like, you could still see that they all walk around here with the same patterns. Yeah, child, she just felt like Viola's was a little more manageable because she was light-skinned and it had been heat-trained. So, um, since you've been using that hot comb in that girl hair her whole life, when her hair been sitting in a braid. Um, speaking of that, as a con, Alfred and the braid situation. Um, that's exactly what I said, and I put a stale face. That ho- whatever was going on in Alfred's head took me under. I understand, you know, because they were giving me we can we can almost be Hotepi vibes um, because he was wearing them little caps on his head too. Delroy was, but that braid situation, because um, I've I just never seen it. It just it looked like one of those beaded wall curtains that we put on um, the doors on top of her head. Um, also. Even though I like that they let the Negro people not be crackheads, they still was out here addicted to drugs. Um, y'all was out here huffing glue in the paper black bags, and it looked like your face is peeling from around your lips. Yuck! <laughs> like I was, I texted Tiana because Tiana said, like I was, I really didn't know what they were doing. I was like, what is the paper bag? I was like, it's, it's does, is he having an attack or <laughs> what's going on? But it was wild. The only reason I like recognized that almost immediately, um, there's this girl in my middle school class. She would huff um, highlighters and um, and any kind of other like Expo marker. She would sit in the corner of our math class. Um, she was like apart from. She had other issues going on, but she was like away from the rest of the class. And she would literally be in the corner huffing in class um now that you mentioned that i thought about you know uh i guess i don't know if this is a spoiler but me and my you know we attended a lot of the same schools growing up and i you just reminded me that those kids they really like they used the highlighters and the white out that was all their friend like they would literally sit there and just like do a little sniff of them and they would and they knew what they were doing they would get like really excited about it and they try to get other people to do it if it was a time and um, I think my last con is just like a situational thing. I just feel like watching this movie, it just keeps, every time I watch a movie, it continues to push down my throat that I lived in the wrong time period. My childhood was at the wrong time. Like these children were my mama's age. Like they would be, Troy would be my mama's age because it was 1973. Matter of fact, they might be even, they're a little older than my mama, close to my grandma's age because my mother was born in 74 and this movie was about 73. Um, so like they're basically my grandma's age and I just feel like I would have thrived. And even like watching TV shows like um, from the early 2000s and late 90s, I just feel like my life would have been such a grand time. Oh, sign. I would have had a good, my soundtrack to my life would have been popping. My clothing would have been popping because even when they was looking bad, they were still looking like, damn, these are some clothes that I would put on in my body right now. Um, it was just a situation thing. I just love to see it. Um, I love a time period that is not my own. 
but that's it for me. Wow, I really feel that, Quinn. I agree. The '70s for sure. It was just free black women and men. That I feel like that was that time period was personified. Um, but let's move on over to Maya. Okay. Um... Yeah, I saw I co-signed just the 70s. Like, I feel like that's my true aesthetic. I love it. Um, Okay, Uh, cons. Just as a concept, getting woken up out of your sleep to clean. I was triggered. Oh, my God. So many arguments with my mom uh, stemmed from just being woken up out my sleep. Like, just with such ferocity as well. Like... You know, just when you deep in that REM sleep, like I would wake up ready to fight. Like it was just so disrespectful. Um, we kind of covered most of my cons. Um, another one was about niggas getting defensive about not bringing money into the home. Hey, facts are facts, you know, and for you try to, we'll get into this later in the questions, but for I felt the reaction was totally unfair to Alfred's character. Um also I went I wouldn't I don't know why I put this under a con. Well probably yeah I do know why. Uh it's like the chaos of just seven people in a home. It just I was like oh my god like just watching it as a person that really grew up with just being my mom and that was more than enough. I just was like bro I cannot, it's so much noise, <laughs> like, stop. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That was one of my cons, too, having five kids that close in age. I'm like, nah. The closest in age my siblings are is, like, nine and ten years. So mm-hmm. we weren't always all in the house at the same time. Yeah. That's craziness. That is just chaos. Chaos. <laughs> chaos. chaos. And imagine a sleepover. Chop oh the kids Oh my God. Yeah. And so like when they were all, when the big fight happened and they were on the stairs, I was just like, oh my God, what is everyone saying? Like, it just was so many voices at one time. And it reminded me, like, I would go over to friends' houses who were like loud. um, And they had a lot of siblings when I was younger. And I would just be so fascinated, like at how much noise at one time could occur. (laughs) Just like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and I think that's all the ones because my last one was just a nap slander from the aunt. Like we already talked about that. So that's all my cons. Alrighty, Dana. Okay. So similar to my, we've already touched a lot of my cons. Um, one of the ones I wanted to touch on was the adults, adults arguing with kids. I always find that tacky. Like shut your grown ass up and, and go about your business. Don't be arguing with these children. But that was a running theme in this movie. The next thing is a personal pet peeve of mine. But I hate how children stare when, like, they're out in public and they see something that's foreign to them. Child, stop staring. And it's basically when Troy was looking at, um, was it RuPaul that was a salsa dancer? And she just sat there and just stared. Like, that's no home training, in my opinion. Or kids are just tacky. They're tacky, okay? With their staring asses. 
Um, and my last con was the parents and how um, they were not on one accord. And basically when they weren't on one accord, you could see the children picking sides. And I hate that. I hate when you see, you know, Troy going to her mom, the oldest going to, you know, his dad, you know, it's just, it's tacky. You could tell they all loved each other. But when you make children get involved into the point, and I don't think it was on purpose, but when children start to get involved and you see that they're picking sides, there's something that needs to change in that relationship. So, um, yeah, that, that was a, a big con for me, but it's not on an uncommon theme. That was all my cons, though. Alrighty. And then for me, I forgot to put in my pros. I really did love that scene with RuPaul, uh, RuPaul's character, excuse me, in the bodega. Um, and even with Troy, like, staring, like, I, like she was like, I've seen some kids, like, just some crazy stares. And I thought, and to me, almost, she was more so just, like, staring and, like, observing. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I forgot to add that in my pros. I really like that scene. Um, but for cons, I don't really have much for this movie. Like Maya said, you know, the being woken up to wash dishes, I was very triggered because my mother was an early riser. So she, it wouldn't be like she would, um, like, come downstairs and see the dishes and then go back to bed after she wakes you up so you could possibly, like, go back. No, she's, like, up getting ready, like, for her day at that time. So she's waiting on you to come down very triggering and then also you know niggas with dreams and no main job you know i just that's not something i could i can get behind you know i think you need a balance of both um but that's it for me so i think we're going to move over to our questions segment and we will start with dana all righty so we we touched on this a little bit already but um have your parents ever woke you up to do chores and so i'll start with maya um yes i have been woken up uh a lot in my youth it was um disrespectful every time and um i I had the same reaction as a kid i was like bro like can we do this in the morning like no you're gonna do it now and my mom was like a night owl so she would be up like a lot like she would take a nap and she would wake up and be up just to, just to be up at like 3 4 a.m just and so in deep in rim sleep i would get awakened to you know sweep the floor or you know whatever it would mostly be kitchen-based um cleaning like those kids as well but sometimes it would be the bathroom as well what about you queen Honestly, because I'm a man, I think that that didn't apply to me. Um, Being, I mean, you have to recognize your privilege, and mine is being a male. Um, In a house with two women, I grew up with my mother and my grandmother. So I know how to do all those things, but I never really had to. So I was never woken up out of my sleep to clean up or do anything. Um, I honestly didn't start even washing my own clothes until I went to college. So um, these were things that just were different and I know it's different for y'all because y'all had mamas treating y'all how they mamas treated them um but I, it never happened for me T I know you touched on it a little bit yeah um I am the oldest and there is a large age gap between 
my next sibling and I. So I did, there will be times where I did get waking up out of my sleep to wash dishes. It wasn't like really common um, because for the most part, I think I did them. Now I did get waking up um, if they pulled a dish out and they found it not to be up to par on the cleaning scale, which now that shit really would piss me off. Now that is something that really pisses me off because what am I supposed to do when you leave shit in your dishes and you don't put no fucking water in there? And then I got to sit up there and scrub, scrub, scrub. I'm not going to fucking mess up my hands and have all these bruises and shit because of your dirty ass dishes. So I am going to do the best I can and place them in the dishwasher up and then let the chips fall where they may. So those were things that bothered me, but you know, we moved on. And then for me, I was, I never got woke up to do chores because of the simple fact that the kitchen was such a full part of our household that you will always pass by it. So you didn't have that issue. I did get in trouble though, kind of similar to Tiana. Um, either the cleanliness of the dish wasn't up to par. So I would have to go back to the kitchen. I wasn't quite asleep. So I would have to go back. Or if I put a pan in the sink to soak and it wasn't a soakable pan, like I, I tend to have to go back because my mom would be like, so you're soaking a pan that you could just wash. She was like, so with that being said, turn the dishwasher off and you can wash all of them. You know, it, it basically went down like that, but never woken up. Okay. So my next question is, um, where did your parents send you for the summer? Quinn, I'm gonna start with you. I was never sent anywhere. Um, I was here at home, but there was a summer like thing for the youth of our neighborhood and we would go down there during the day, but I was always at home. Um, sometimes I wish I was being sent somewhere, but all of my family members um, lived around here. So where was I going? <laughs> yep, so for me, I would have to say I did get sent places. Um, we lived in Florida at the time, military family. So um, before my grandfather passed, I used to get sent to Detroit. Um, me and my sister did. And then um, after he passed, my grandmother moved back to South Carolina. So I was sent to South Carolina. Did one summer in North Carolina. That was a rough summer. Love y'all, but that was a rough summer. Um, but South Carolina was the main place. And there was a point in time where tickets were, were fairly cheap to, to fly. So I used to fly by myself by the time I was about like nine. So um yeah, every summer, South Carolina with my cousins. What about you, T? Yeah, I got shipped to South Georgia every summer until, girl, I, don't, I honestly can't remember when it stopped. Um, maybe like high school time it stopped, but I would dread it. Um, not as much as some of my other siblings, but I did dread it because it's just a lot of bugs and the gnats will travel back to Atlanta with you. So that was a whole thing. But um, yeah, and I, then I would have to go to like these camps with my cousins. And of course they knew people because they lived down there. Um, so I was just always, and I was always quieter. So it was just like a double no for me, you know, it was bad. But then on the flip side, like being sent down there, like I did a lot of more things that I would not have been able to do like in Atlanta, like just things I had no business doing, things watching, listening to certain music. It was, but it was, was fun at times, but being forced, not a fan. <laughs> what about you, Maya? No, I didn't really have any, like, 
I don't have a lot of cousins already. Um, and the cousins that I did have, they were right there in Atlanta. Um, I remember when I was like much, much younger. I mean, I would stay in East Point sometimes with my aunt and like we would go to her. Um, they're like babysitter or whatever. Um, but that was, had to be when my mom and her sister were, you know, on good terms. But there was so much turmoil in my family, like, that I didn't really get sent anywhere. Um, the most, like, I went to Houston to see my dad for a couple weeks um, back uh for like the first time in high school, like my junior year, that was like my first time ever um, spending time out there. Um, and I did that two summers in a row, but it was just be like a week or a week and a half, two weeks at a time, which honestly, in Conyers was a significant portion of our summers because we only got like two months exactly for summer. Okay. So my last question is going to be surrounding the father. So, do you think that daddy was wrong for prioritizing his dreams over his responsibilities as a father? Now, I'll go first on this, and I'm going to say kind of. Um, and the reason why I'm going to say kind of is because he got five kids, okay? There is a time and a place for your dreams to reside. And when it comes to putting food on the table and you see your wife is struggling, that's where you have to switch gears. I think there's a possible, there is the possibility, the ability to switch when you need to. You can prioritize your dreams after hours, after the struggle. I don't, I don't know how necessarily artists work. And I like to think that I'm creative and I understand the creative spaces. And like, I understand there's only certain times those creative flow. However, when you are a father of multiple children, there is a priority level or a switch of priority that you have to consider. So I'm saying kind of. Um, Maya, what about you? What are you thinking? So I'm going to say absolutely. He was not right for not having some type of job to contribute. Um, I mean, go down to the 7-Eleven. I don't know, like something. Your wife is struggling with five kids and she's not asking you for, even before we get into to you not having a job, she would ask you to just let her know when you write a check so that it don't bounce. That is simple. That is simple. And I don't care how many, uh, you know, notes you got floating around in your head, you know, how many staccatos. You can let a nigga know if you have the, like, intention of writing a check. Like, my guy, are you kidding? <laughs> like, with five kids. Like, it, it was unacceptable for me. I understand that we have dreams and people have dreams. I understand that. But when you have five kids, you have to feed them motherfuckers. You have to make sure that your wife is not breaking her back with not only doing the domestic duties, because this nigga can't make eggs, you know, you have to also go be a teacher and bring the money in. You're dealing with other people's kids. So that's stress on stress. Like, like no sir that was unacceptable for me what about you t you know i had already made my mind up 
that it was a hell no. And he needs to have his ass at a job, whether it be the 7-Eleven. Um, what's that place up there, Quinn, that we were talking about? What's they, uh, well, they beats. Dwayne, one of your nearest bodegas there on every day it's five of them on every block um i just and so yeah i had already said he needs to have a damn job but with maya giving all of that background that i had forgot about there is just to be honest i don't i guess i don't know how she did it you know what i'm saying it's probably the reason why she ended up so damn sick so fast so unacceptable yeah job, chase and chase i mean you had the kids so you with kids come responsibility and your life gets put on the back burner that that is that is that is it is what it is and so with that you better take those responsibilities and do with it what you may and that's where i stand on that it's almost like he didn't listen to that poem or read that poem by langston hughes what happens to a dream deferred you know know. come on literature um what about you queen um, I actually felt that he was um, totally disrespectful. But um, the thing here is, it was like the kids even knew because Troy came and asked him, like, why can't you just play other people's music like you used to? And he was like, no, it's time for me to play my own music. No, you can play them other folks' music while you write your damn music. <laughs> now, sir, it, it ain't, what are you saying? You can't multitask? Um, you can't write with, write when them children sleep. Go play them folks' music, and then you want to book a hall and do a concert with some people in there. I don't believe you, young man. You and 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 you you got other folks living in this building. They supposed to be paying you rent, and you ain't got no damn lights. Now, where did they rent money go? Where did they rent money go? What 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 did you do with that rent money? <laughs> And then, I just thought about that, Quinn. And then when they came back, he wanted to sit up there and lie in front of his wife and his kids because they were having such a great day. You know, they had just got back on the right track. When that man came to cut them lights off, he was like, oh, y'all did this again? Like, I thought, oh, y'all keep messing this up every time. Hey, y'all, y'all can't say, excuse me? You got to put it on me? It was crazy. Oh, my God. All righty. That was all my questions. Thanks for the discussion, y'all. I'll do my questions next. Did y'all have sit around the table dinners with your immediate family? Um, I'll go first. So that was something that Mary was a huge proponent of every day um, that I didn't have like, um, you know, volleyball or some sport. We're sitting at a table and we're going to have dinner together. And um I feel like that that is a piece of my childhood trauma from those dinners alone. Like it was, I feel like I understand the, I, I understand the thought process around having sit around the table dinners every night. Um, I think in my home in the future, I would like to have them sometimes. I don't think it's necessary for an every night thing. I think we can gather around and, and watch something you know watch some tv or something while something's on you know i don't think that'll take away from the bonding moments as a family um but yeah i i definitely it was just like my mom and i we would we would sit around our little table in the kitchen child um tiana not really um we did not i remember growing up people got home at different hours you know we lived out 
in the suburbs, suburbs, and people were working 40 minutes away on um, a day with no traffic. So, and then, you know, it was three, three kids, different schedules, you know, everybody, it was, it was too much. We didn't do that much. Um, now on the weekends, like for breakfast and stuff, a lot of times we would, um, but for the most part, no, we didn't really do the, everybody ate at different times. Quinn. So definitely when I was younger, I know up until probably middle school, because that's when like me being the oldest and my next sibling being four years behind me, um, everything started shifting because I was starting to do my extracurriculars. Um, but from at least when we were younger to middle school, my grandma or my mama, because if my mom was at work, my grandma would try to do it, um, would try to make it where we were all sitting down um, at that table. Um, we might be eating different meals because like they, because my, like when I tell you, like my little brother is picky. Y'all hear me talking about these peas. My little brother really doesn't eat much. I've never seen him eat a hamburger in his life. I think he only eats chicken. Um, but like we would, we, we might be eating different things, but we were sitting down eating. We not, I don't know what we were talking about, what we were eating, um, whether it was at the kitchen table or in front of the living room TV to watch one of those family shows um, back in the day. But we, we did up until middle school. Okay, Dana. So coming from a two-parent home, nah. Like dinner will be made. You get your plate. You watch it. You gather it, sit in front of the TV, and you eat. There was never a sit around the table, eat dinner type family. Um, so my fiance is actually was very foreign to me that his family eats together. Again, he's the oldest out of five, but his family eats together every single night. Like it's very rare for them not to. Um, so when I would, you know, come into town and eat dinner with his family, I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't a show. Y'all, y'all do this. Like somebody sets the table, somebody, you know, cooks the meal, somebody does the dishes. Like it's very, it's a rotation going on. So I'm just sitting there like, wow, interesting. But no, outside Thanksgiving and Christmas, nah. It's very interesting. Let's move on to the next one. And this is my last one. Um, so regarding the scene where, uh, I can't remember which, was it Wendell, I think, that hated the Black Eyed Peas? Um, my question for you guys, what was the food that kept y'all at the table, if any? Um, I'll start with Quinn, since we do know him. I think you're probably the most picky out of us. I feel like I'm not the most picky, but <laughs> I just know what I like, what I don't. Um, but... Um, <laughs> When I was younger, um, my grandma would try this trick where she would put down a piece of liver and act like it's a cube steak or a piece of um or a piece of <laughs> hamburger steak. I uh-uh, sis. <laughs> Shit is not the same by any means. Any fucking means. The golf. That's <laughs> she'd be like, you used to eat it used to. When? When did you used to? <laughs> It was that that liver kept me there one day, um, and then um, with my godmother, she used to try to play as well. Um, sis, we had this barbecue, and you want to make this plate. You know I don't eat no barbecue sides. You know I don't eat no no potato salad. And you said you used to eat it. No, I didn't. What memory do y'all have? I never used to do nothing. <laughs> Why do people, why do parents love to say you used to eat something? Like, I watched them do that to my sisters. Like, they do that to them this day. My mom, 
well, you used to eat it. I don't know what happened. And their counter is always, Mom, we ain't ate that in 10 years. We have not ate that in 10 years. Like, you forced it down our throat for so long. Nobody wants that. And I'm just like, how long can you keep saying you used to eat that? When did you ate that shit in a decade? So my, my answers will be corn, potato salad, and liver. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tiana. Um, I honestly couldn't think of anything, but when Quinn said that liver, oh my God, just the nastiest thing ever. Um, so definitely liver. And for the most part, people don't put stuff around me that I don't eat. Like when I was growing up, you know, I pretty, I don't know. I feel like we had pretty much like a strict diet of some sort. Like we only ate, like only certain items were cooked. But, like, I mean, I would eat them all. But liver at my grandparents' house? Oh, no thanks. Dana? Nothing really. Um, I ate pretty well as a child. That's how I got the nickname as a child, Husky Musky. But. <laughs> Sorry. Not Husky Musky. Woo. I ate pretty well. So, I mean, of course, there's food that I don't like, but it was never on my plate for me to just, Dana, you can't get up until you finish it, so. Yeah. Okay. And for me, um, my mom would really try it with Brussels sprouts, which I realized that she was onto something. Um, I didn't get into Brussels sprouts until actually when I moved to Texas, I tried Brussels sprouts for the first time. And I said, well, goddamn, Mary, you were onto something. I had these like roasted Parmesan ones and it was so good and I was like oh my god it was so not for me as a child I felt like they stunk and I was like I'm not gonna eat this and I was like I'll sit here I had a little trick though I would she would turn at some point and I would just like get it and like put in a napkin and put it under my uh, shirt and then throw it away at some point um yeah really feel like um if back in the day the people weren't cooking seasoning brussels sprouts the way that they do now like, people do it differently now you know you can do the brown sugar or people just they started seasoning like there was a piece of meat like i feel like back in the day it was just <laughs> bland so i understand why you did it back then maya yeah it just it, it just didn't slap don't say i ain't never put y'all on but if y'all go to that cheesecake factory and get them damn Brussels sprouts, mm. baby. <laughs> also, if you live near Longhorn and you get that Parmesan crusted chicken with Brussels sprouts for the side, my God, what a meal. Woo, God is good. That. Note that one. All right, and that's my last question. And we'll have T do the last one. All right. And so my question, you know, watching Troy and her brothers, you know, argue, stick up for each other, do all that stuff. Maybe wonder, like, did y'all ever wish that you had um, siblings your age? Like when you were growing up, like I know a couple of us are the oldest and then others of us um, live kind of far away from our siblings. So I just wanted to know, <clears throat> excuse me, what you guys thought. Dana? Um, that I've thought about that one quite a bit and not really like as much as I love my siblings I wish we were closer specifically um my other brother and sister but in terms of age 
I'm okay with being the youngest because it came with a lot of pros, for instance, because all my siblings were in college when I was in like second grade. And once they graduated, I was like fourth, fifth grade. I had bomb Christmas gifts, bomb birthday gifts. Like, I mean, it's fantastic. So I, I mean, I was okay. I had plenty of friends and yeah. Maya. Yes. I used to ask my mom every other day when I was younger to like have another kid. And, you know, I didn't realize how ridiculous that was, Um, you know, (laughs) until I got older. Um, But I wanted a sibling, period, like for the longest time. I was like, oh, my God, I need someone else here with me. And um, especially because I didn't feel like I had as much freedom as I would have liked to just go out and be around my friends a lot. Um, So I definitely wanted a sibling. And? Um, I didn't wish to have any more than I already had. I didn't need to have anybody close in age to me because um, I grew up with, um, between my grandma's three kids, there are, I think maybe now the total might be 21 of us as cousins. Um, So we did, I had people who were literally the same age as me. So um, I never wanted any more because I didn't feel like I needed it. But, When it came to the siblings, it was a hard pass. Still don't want them right now. Ooh, yeah. Um, felt that. Um, I mean, I like my siblings. They cool and they big age. Now, when I, I was younger, boys, but... what'd you say, Quinn? I love them boys, but. Yeah, like now they're cool. I mean, I always loved, but you know, they're cool now. Back then, because I was the oldest, um, it was just a lot more responsibility than that, you know. I feel like, you know, you really shouldn't have to put on kids, but that's either another, that's another topic. But, um, I do, I, at one point I kind of wanted a brother my age to like go through high school with and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know. I guess I envisioned sticking up for each other, a brother or a sister. Um, but I was a tomboy. So I guess like the brother would have been cooler for me. Um, but in hindsight, I'm thankful that I did not, um, yeah, no. No, thanks. Thankful that I, you know, I went through those years alone um, because like Dana said, me being so like the age gap between me and my siblings being so big, it was kind of like I was the only child for a minute. And so, you know, I appreciated that while I had it. But all right, that wraps up our questions and I will pass it over to Quinn Desmond. Oh, um, I think our next segment will be Wedge of Watch. Um, oh, no, Classic or Nah. Maya, um, it's classic or not, right? So let, let's start with Maya. Do you think it's a classic or an all? Um, yes. I'm going to say it's a classic. It was a fantastic movie. And just because it's Spike Lee's as well. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he does awesome work. And this was um, one that was great. Dana, classic or not? So I'm going to say yes. Um, what I did, it is a classic. What I did struggle with this movie is trying to find like, you know how there's always a protagonist and there wasn't quite one in this movie. It's a little bit of the same feel that the photograph took. Like it's just a story, a real life story. You know, it doesn't have to be a good guy, a bad guy, whole nine yards. It's just a story. And it's a, it's a real story. And I really just enjoy the depiction of that story. So I am saying it is a classic because it 
told the story very well. Tiana? This is definitely a classic. Um, I was thinking about it. This might be my favorite coming-of-age movies, definitely for, like, with a Black girl at the center. Um, I think for me, it's probably this and Love and Basketball. I just feel like those were, these are two movies that were really well done. I feel like, I mean, of course, Love and Basketball, the girl was a little older, but they started in her youth and, you know, she went all the way and graduated. So, yeah, I mean, big classic for me. And I'm going to round it out with another classic because um, I honestly find it hard to put anything that Spike Lee has done as not a classic um, because I just feel like he was such a trailblazer in the in the area of black cinema, especially like directing and writing. And I feel like without what he gave us so early on, it would have been a trash of a world. And um, like Tiana, well, me, Tiana, and Maya, I know, um, speaking of coming of age stories, one of our faves is definitely a white one um, in Lady Bird. But, um, but we're going we're gonna to leave her where she is, but she's a film, okay? Um, and I forgot to mention earlier, um, one of the, the boy who didn't, the brother who didn't want to eat the, um, the Black Eyed Peas, I know I was telling Tiana, he was on um, Sesame Street. So, but he was, he looked completely different. So I don't know if y'all knew him, but yeah. You saying that, like about Spike Lee, makes you think, like, can y'all imagine black cinema today if Spike Lee had never broke through in the late 80s? Yeah, like without Spike Lee, there would be no Lena, there would be no Tyler, there would be no, um, like they, but you know, like think, like they are the ones who are writing and producing and um, directing these films now, like even like Ava DuVernay, like it, it's like no, without Ryan him, Kugler's. like Ryan Coogler, you would have nobody because Spike Lee, he's, I'm not saying he started it because there, of course there are probably like people before him, but he wasn't the one who put it on top, put it on the mainstream to be seen. And we always thank him for his, his um, his time. Give him his flowers. Give him his cologne. Give him what. Give him what he wants. Give, give him his his candies, whatever he chooses to have. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. I'm gonna pass it over to Maya for that classic or not. I mean, um, for the what'd you watch? Hall of Flame. Hall of Flame. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last quick statement. Like when we were talking about just coming of age films, um, one of my favorites is gonna be Moonlight too. Like that was um chef's kiss i mean i have never seen a film like that and it was it's beautiful every time i love it it's trevante you know i agree i'm yeah i didn't forget her i was just talking about you know solely focused on like the black girl but moonlight that's a whole nother you know that's no we can't even get into her today not we can't we're not we're not here to analyze her today but just no she will come at some point. Um, okay. Hall of Flame this week for me. Um, I would like to retire just the, uh, I mean, granted, this was an old film, but um, just the slurs, you know, they were very intense, very intense slurs. Um, and I think that's all I'm going to throw in this. Actually, also the concept just of um, the braid and bead slander, which I didn't mention earlier, but I feel like my mom personally had something against the beads. 
um, I used to want a lot of beads on my hair and she would say, you could have two, <laughs> two maximum beads on each braid. <laughs> and do y'all know how ridiculous that looked like? as like not even like the the brown like chunky ones but remember like the little colored ones they were kind of smaller my mom would be like no you could have two two beads only <laughs> I'm like well just don't even put them on me because that doesn't even that don't even look right you know and so i'll say if i have a little girl at some point we're gonna beat it up sis let's beat it up i love a good bead they're cute um okay that's all for me tiana um, I'll just co-sign what you said about, you know, the derogatory terms that, you know, people spewed out back in the day and still do, you know, toward different groups, specifically underrepresented ones. So, yeah. Agree. Quinn. Yeah. Um, other than that, I have nothing for you. Um, this is literally one of my fave movies. Um, Chef's Kiss, Spike Lee. Dana. Yep, y'all already said what I wanted to throw into the Hall of Fame. Again, I think like Quinn said, it's probably it's probably going to be my favorite Spike Lee film. Like I really enjoyed seeing this. Okay, and our final segment, what'd you watch this week? Um, I'll go first. So our good sisses, girlfriends are back on the tube. So I've been having that in, in rotation. Been weak at Toe Sucking Charles and Mr. Hitman. Um, just some of these uh, like tropes. I don't know why Toe Sucking was such a like a taboo thing, but it was really funny for me. Um, also, I tried out the show Woke, uh, starring Lamorne Morris. Um, I'm going to say it's not for me. Uh, it's not my type of humor not my type of I, I've been really confused about the message I don't I just don't think it's for me because it's something where in 2020 there's a man a black man who is essentially has tried to advance his career by not being in touch with his blackness or just putting that to a side so it's something I can't relate to um and so i'm gonna say personally it's not for me um i did circle back to p valley and i finished the series uh the season finale actually earlier today and i have to say i'm glad i circled back i am glad i circled back um it, it was tough to get past um miss mississippi's uh accent is what i feel like is really just not doing it for me um, there was less of uh, Mercedes' mom in the last few episodes as well, which also made it easier to watch. Um, and anything else black I watched this week? No, I think that's it for me. Um, Dana. Okay, so, yep, um, I'm with you. Of course, I watched the ending of Pea Valley. Um, good. It could literally been a series finale. Like, it didn't leave you wondering so um but yeah i watched p valley um so i do have a confession to make to my friends here on the the podcast so i've never seen more than five or six episodes of girlfriends so i look forward to watching girlfriends one of these days gasp 
but <laughs> I'm so excited for you at the same time. Yeah. Me as well. I'm deeply excited for your random comments that you will hopefully post in the group chat. I'm so excited about <laughs> this journey that you're going to go on. Yeah. So I, girlfriends was just never on for real um, in my household. So, I mean, we would see it and my parents would just flip the channel. Like it was like, oh, okay, it's on. So um, I look forward to watching that. I've also watched, of course, um, I just love Lovecraft Country. So I've been kind of watching that on repeat. Um, sister, sister, continuing that journey. And then um, one of the shows that I think I watch, it doesn't meet the full, you know, black criteria. But one of the shows that I love that I watched um, last night, at least the first episode of season two is The Boys. I love The Boys um, because Molly from Insecure, her ex was on this season. So shout out to him. Wait, who? The one that, um, you know, from season one, I think it was, that he um, he had a little um, gay oh, encounter. Okay. I thought you were talking about, like, Yvonne, you know, I was thinking of Yvonne Orgy's um, real boyfriend. Real, ex, like, real. No, 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 no. Like, I ain't seen him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jared. Love yep. Yes. Yeah, so, of course, and there's other Black characters, um, including the guy from Jumping the Broom and all that other good stuff. Um, but, yes. So, I love The Boys. It is one of my favorites shows and like it's the only reason why i want amazon prime but i have somebody else's so i can still watch it but yes i love that show but that's all i've been watching i think and i almost watched tyler perry's why did i get married but my friend stopped me so there's that it's a good choice to be stopped (laughs) um tiana what about you I've really just been on a girlfriend's binge. Um, I haven't been watching as much TV as I used to. I don't know. Adult shit, I guess. But yeah, you know, I do have girlfriends on in the background at all times. Okay. And Quinn? Yeah, um, I haven't watched anything that you guys haven't said already um, because it's not too much out there. And to be honest, most of she ain't been watching TV. She's just been watching basketball. <laughs> Like you, oh, yeah. you are right. You are right. Shout out to them. They have really yeah. came through. Um, yeah, I've actually uh, circled back to basketball. It was something that I actually put sports aside for some years. I actually, just found myself very disinterested. Um, but basketball has brought me back in. Um, we've had football on on crypto. We don't, I don't know if that's gonna if I'm gonna be sucked back in there. I don't really see it for her. But um, basketball. Yeah, I've I've been I've been intrigued. The boys are doing things. Oh, and you know we're just a couple minutes out from. Uh, oh, actually, it's happening now. Um, versus Miss Patty and Miss Gladys. So we're going to wrap it up with. Um, Quinn is picking the movie this week, and then he'll close us out. Go ahead. This week, I've given us a film. Um, I think this will be our first musical that we've reviewed. Um, Well, it's not really a musical, but it's a music-based film. So I'm going to give you the five heartbeats. But those of you who want to watch along, you can find her on Stars. Um, This is Robert Townsend's baby. So we're going to give that to him. Also, 
per use. You can send us your questions. Contact us on our socials. Um, Instagram at Young Scripted Black Pod. Twitter at YSB Pod. Questions for questions. The number four, YSB at gmail.com. And always, now we've been with you for a couple months, so you can go and review us and you can let us know how you feel. Review us on all your platforms. And per use, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. And don't let anybody steal your joy. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. Bye. These thoughts are our own and don't reflect any opinions of any organizations we may be a part of.